Hey everyone, and welcome back to Country Music Made Me. Thank you so much for joining us once again. If you haven't already, please check out our website, countrymusicmademe.com. There you can listen to all of our episodes, and you can also sign up for our newsletter to receive exclusive content straight to your inbox. Just head over to countrymusicmademe.com and hit that subscribe button. Now, today's episode. We are excited to welcome Carissa Ella. Now, she is a relative newcomer to the country music scene, and she didn't exactly grow up with dreams of country music stardom. She was more based around theater. She had dreams of having a career in music. She just didn't know what that looked like. But then, for university, she attended Belmont in Nashville, and from then on, her focus was a career in country music. She graduated in 2018 and since that time has released two EPs and throughout 2020 and 2021, she was really focused on finding out who she was as an artist and she has come into 2022 with a newfound vision of who she is and the music she wants to create, which will be released throughout the year, including at the end of February with her new song, Whiskey Whispers Your Name. So please enjoy our conversation with Carissa Ella. Within music, I know you've talked about the fact your parents aren't exactly musical, but they did have a love and appreciation for music. And so is there an age you can remember where music became something more and you started to listen to the lyrics and understand what they were saying and feel something from that? For sure. One of my favorite songs growing up. It's so funny looking back. It was that song, Cause You Had a Bad Day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think oh, Daniel Blunt, something like that. Uh, I'm sorry. James Blunt, I believe. James Blunt, thank you. <laughs> You're on the same wavelength. Thank you. Yeah. And that was one of the first songs where I was like, man, like he's really telling it. I was having a bad day and I'm pretty sure I was in middle school. I mean, nothing was probably that bad, but that was the, it like gave me chills and it just hit me in, in a weird way. And that's kind of what made me realize the power of music. I also love Adele and all her songs you can just feel the intensity and the emotion in her voice. And she makes you feel what she's going through. And we all can relate to her songs in some way and that's what really got me into music is how powerful it can be. And then I started realizing when I was sad that I would put on music and what kind of music I would put on or put on music to fit any emotion. Um, and that's what I really loved about music and wanted to create my own. And I just thought it would be pretty cool if my music could help someone else out, you know, put a smile on their face, help them with a good cry, whatever it may be. Music is so powerful. And, um, I just thought that'd be really cool. And I never thought I'd actually be able to do it. And here I am releasing music. Hopefully it lifts people's spirits um, in any way, whatever they need music for. But a lot of my music is pretty uh, upbeat and fun at the moment. So Yeah, exactly. And you talk about middle school and music starting to impact you then. I know that's when musical theater started for you as well. But before that, as a kid, were you the outgoing one who was performing in front of your parents and family and singing around the house? I was not. No? I'm still not. It's very weird. My parents and uh, my whole family, they are incredible. They are my biggest support system. I am very lucky 
to have them and to have their support and love and blessing to do this career. They're the ones that pushed me to do it. They're like, we believe in you. You should do it. I'm like, really? I don't even believe in myself. Like they're the reason I'm here, but I still can't give them a private concert. Growing really? up, so shy. Um, I was very confident kid, very outgoing, bubbly. But for some reason, when it came to music, I just did not have that confidence. And so, I mean, maybe like I started doing this full time because I was like, if I'm not, if I'm going to decide to be an artist, I have to be in and I have to believe in myself. So I didn't really pursue music until about uh, three, four years ago now when I, I moved to Nashville to go to Belmont, went to college. And then after I was like, let's give it a shot. I'm down here, see where it goes. But growing up and even still, well, not even still, but growing up, I did not sing for people. I was so scared. I also knew that my family would just tell me that I that they loved it and that it was good. And I was like, I don't trust your opinion. Right. You're just, you're gonna, I know what you're going to do. And then you're going to make me believe that I'm good when I'm not. That's what I was had all these insecurities in this fear. I don't know why, but I've gotten over them. And if you ask me to sing, I will sing. <laughs> That's awesome. And as far as family goes, I saw that you lost your grandpa, I believe it was back in 2019. And he's someone that you have mentioned on social media. I wanted to ask about him and how he, he influenced your journey, not necessarily as a musician, but just as a person. Oh my gosh. Well, I will tell you, he is the one person that would get me to sing always. He'd be like, do it for me, sweetie. And I'm like, gosh, darn it, grandpa. Now I have to every time. I could not say no to him. I was like, okay, all right, grandpa, I'll do it for you. We'd have these Christmas parties and everyone in the room would tell me, get up there and sing. I'd be like, no. And then he'd be like, get up there and sing for me. I'm like, gosh, all right, fine. <laughs> he, even until his death, he was going to meeting with buddies and giving out my CDs. He was telling everyone to go listen to my music. He was up with the times. He was on Spotify and all that stuff. I still <laughs> like to hand out my CDs. Uh, playing in his car. He was my biggest supporter. Uh, again, my whole family is, but he used to come to all my shows, even up um, when he got pretty sick. He never missed a show. Very supportive of all my um, songs. Levi Jeans, that's funny you brought that up. He loves that song. He was actually in the hospital, um, very ill, and he was still talking about how Levi should pick that song up. And you really just, so you should do something for that. It should be on commercials and all this stuff. And I was like, I agree, Grandpa. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? I know he's still, uh, you know, up there working for me, uh, helping me out, guiding me. So uh, I miss him every day, uh, but I know he's still supporting me. That's awesome. And your dad, I believe, bought you a guitar a few years ago. And I think you named it Ruth after your great grandma I saw. And so I wanted to ask about her and, and what she meant. Did you know her? Was she an important figure to name your guitar after her? Yes. I, I you know it's so funny you brought that up. I was telling uh, someone the other day that I named my guitars, which I don't think is that weird. I yeah. feel like a lot of people name their guitars. Yeah. And there are worse things to be named. Like, I guess if you name someone after a car, but I was like, a, a, a guitar is a beautiful instrument. It sings. It's, you know, I was like, I feel like that's much, that's better. Uh, but no, I, my great grandma Ruth is actually my grandpa's um, mother. And we okay. got to know her for a while. I'm named after my great grandma, Ella. And then um, there, we're a very small family and we are a close-knit family. We are strong. We are loyal. So I was lucky and grateful enough to meet my great-grandparents and have that time with them. Um, and 
I have a new guitar now and her name is Donna Jean after my grandma. Oh, <laughs> my nice. Uh, wife, my grandma. So it's funny. Um, I, I, I don't know if they had a, you know, my grandma, I told her, you know, you're named after my guitar, Donna Jean. She was like, well, thanks. That sounds, that's a pretty name. And I was like, I know it is. It's for, it's, it, you know, it's special to me, the names, the people, the guitars, they, they're so important to me, my music. If I can't write them in a song, I'm going to try to incorporate my family in somehow, some way as much as I can, which is probably pretty lame, but I love my family. It's number one. So they're the best. And you're from Ohio. It's not really close to Nashville. I mean, I think it's about eight or nine hours away, but it feels like over the past few years, as you've started this career, you have made time to go home on your socials. It looks like you're actually back there quite a bit. So do you make it a point to travel back and forth as much as you can? I do. I'm that girl that goes for every holiday, mainly because my parents won't let me miss it. I can't miss a holiday. No way. Are you kidding? Absolutely not. And my mom's going to see us and die because she knows it's true. I cannot miss a holiday. Uh, Like I said, we're a very uh, close family. And I don't want to miss those experiences. Being away, I've now lived in Nashville for, it's crazy to say, seven years. Wow. But yeah, living away from home has made me really understand the meaning of family. And just, I'm very grateful for them. And it, I, I hate that I miss out on those experiences. I don't take it for granted. Um, so I'm able to see it from that perspective. So every time I'm home, I see every family member, every grandparent. I make sure I have time to talk with everyone because you never know when it's going to be your last. And I just want to live my life to the fullest. So I try to go home as much as I can. But my parents also come down to Nashville a lot. They love it. They visit. Um, so I am never lonely. They are always <laughs> coming down. I always see my family. My brother just had a beautiful baby girl. So now I'm a oh, nice. aunt, which is awesome. so excited. But it's so hard because I want to go back every weekend to see her grow up. You know, it's hard being away. I think that's why I go back so much. Um, So, yeah, I will never stop going back to Ohio. I love that place. I love where I was raised. But Nashville is my home now. Yeah. So off the beginning, when Belmont became your focus, as much as you were excited to go away and go to Belmont and begin that next chapter of your career, was it also difficult in leaving home at that time, considering how close you are with your family? I'm also a twin too. So I thought it was going to be very hard because I was so used to doing everything with her. However, um, I think I was ready to be my own person. I was ready to just be Carissa. Uh, And I actually hate to say it, but it was really exciting to me. I came to Nashville knowing one person and I loved it. I love meeting new people. I made some of the best friendships and connections that I'm just so grateful for Belmont and that my parents let me leave the nest and go this far. Right. And I remember my mom, when she dropped me off at college, her saying that, you know, I'm sad because I'm going to miss you. But I, it makes me so happy that I know that you're just going to have the best time here and that you're safe and you're you're going to make the most of this experience. And that's all I ever want for you. And uh, so that made it a lot easier. Definitely the second year got a little bit tough. You know, you start getting homesick. But my first year, I had so much fun at Belmont. I lived it up. It was awesome. Met so many great people. Yeah. <laughs> and going into Belmont, I heard you talk about the fact that you had been accepted to Belmont, but then you applied for the commercial voice program, which you didn't get into off the start. Talk about that and leading into that. And I heard you talk about the fact that 
that was a difficult thing to get through. And there was maybe a bit of depression surrounding that because you didn't get in. Yeah, it was, it's always hard to be told no. But for me, like I said, I didn't have that confidence growing up right. with, my, with singing. And so that was a big, you know, I took that leap of faith because my family and everyone was supporting me saying that I should do this. And I took that leap of faith and I got denied. And I was like, well, that's my answer. I'm not meant to do this. I'm not meant to sing. Why would I keep going? And then I, that put me in a hole. And then I pulled myself out and said, hold on a minute. Do you, if you really love to do this, why would you stop just because this school said you can't do commercial voice? There's so many other things that you can do here. You can get out of here. So I still decided to go to Belmont and it was the biggest blessing in this disguise, which I kept kind of saying that like, maybe there's a reason for it. I know now that if I would have went to Belmont and was a commercial voice major, I don't think I would have liked it. I don't think I would have had the same experience. So it was just meant to be. And it was meant for me to hear that and to go through that, those lessons to just keep going no matter what and believe if you really want to do something, don't let anyone stop you and just keep going. And here I am. And I'm so glad that that happened. I'm so grateful for it. And it just didn't stop me. I got a degree in music business. I had so much fun. I am very happy with my decisions. So. And have you kept that mindset? Have you been able to stay in that mindset of not letting the failures bother you too much? Or is it something that you have to remind yourself of every time you face a failure in picking yourself up? I have definitely strengthened that. I now chase the nose. I go for it. I try to find someone to tell me that I can't do something or I do something until someone says, nope, that's it. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess why I gave it a shot. I did it. I auditioned for that. I tried out for that. Or I pitched that song to someone. If they don't like it, that's, that's cool. What are you, what are you going to do? You know, at least I tried. So I've definitely changed my mindset because of that lesson. And I don't want to ever be that sad and upset and just hateful towards myself that, you know, it's just not right. I need to love myself. I need to believe in myself. So definitely learned a lot from that and moved it forward and grew as a person and as an artist. And now you went to Nashville. Now you didn't necessarily go with the dream of being a country artist. Like so many people who go to Nashville from five years old, that's all they wanted to do. And they have no backup plan. And this is it. This is all I'm doing. But for you, it was a little different because you went to college and it wasn't until after college that you said, okay, this is what my, I want my career to be. And so along your journey, as you meet people who this has been their dream from five years old, do you find you have a different outlook because of the journey you took? Or is it at this point in your career, a similar outlook to what they have? Personally, I think I have a different outlook on things for me it was important for me to get a degree. Um, my parents were supportive either way, but for me, I really wanted that degree and I wanted to have the other side of the music industry um, because without a doubt, I knew I wanted to be in the entertainment industry, no matter what, right. in some capacity. It made me grow up. It challenged me. It showed me a lot of different perspectives of the music industry. And I'm not as naive, I guess, as some people coming to Nashville and think that they're just going to make it overnight. And that's not a bad naive. I think that's just hopeful. You know, I think that's a good thing. You should ex want those things, but don't expect certain people to treat you um, the way you want to be treated when they should. But, uh, you know, this industry's tough. It, you got to have a backbone and going to Belmont 
definitely helped me in that way. It helped me with the business side of things, like I said. Um, so I was also older too, when I started doing music, a lot of people come down here uh, when they're younger. I think that's that takes a lot of guts though. Um, right. If you're coming right from college, tell you what, that I applaud everyone I see. I'm like, I'm so proud of you for being here because honestly, I don't think I would have been able to move here and not know anyone. I was okay when I did that because I knew I was out of school and I was going to meet people. I was in a sorority. I was, I did, you know, I was very involved. So I wasn't afraid right, right. I'd meet people, but meeting other artists in Nashville actually for me has been very difficult, even though they're everywhere, but actually finding people that you connect with and that are very supportive and loving. Um, so being older had its, I think has its advantages too. And now it was after college that you really started the balls rolling on this career. But I did see that back in 2016, I believe it was. And I think that was just sort of maybe as you were going into Belmont, but on social media, you talked about a mashup of original songs that you were doing. And it was, what are you waiting for? Doing it all again and Storm Chaser. Now, are those original songs that you had recorded either before going to Belmont or when you first got to Belmont? Yes, I, you are cracking me up right now. Yes. So in about my junior, senior year of high school, I started working with a mentor. His name is Frank Campania. He's the, one of the biggest reasons why I'm doing music. He introduced me to recording and to writing my own songs and original music. I never thought I could write my own song or sing an original song. He was like, hey, like, let's let's do that. You can do that. That's, let's do Let's work on that. Let's work oh, okay. on your recording skills. And so that's what those songs are. We wrote um, some of those songs and we recorded them and I wanted to release them. But I, again, I was scared. I was like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. And I think that's the hardest part about being an artist is taking that first step. Because mm -hmm. there is no right or wrong answer, but you don't want to make the wrong one. And that's what I've learned is that there is no wrong answer. Just put out what you want to put out, whatever you're passionate about. That was one of, that's some of the first music that I ever worked on. Yeah. And finding yourself within this career, I know that musical theater was a focus in high school and you were a second away from actually going to school for musical theater and you were classically trained growing up with singing. And so coming into this country music career, did you find it easy to sort of know who you were as an artist or did that take some time once you graduated to figure out who you truly were as a country music artist? I think it took some time. You know, I'm still changing. I'm still developing. And when I first released music, I was like, this is me. Yep, this is my music. Um, and then when I released my EP Blossom, I think I was about 22, 21, 22, or I wrote those songs, so I was 21, 22 at least. And now I'm 25. But looking back, you know, it's just not me anymore. So I think I'm right. just constantly changing. But I'm, I think the one thing that needs to stay the same is knowing who I am and what I stand for and what I want to say. I'm the kind of artist I've figured out that I want to do it all. I want to, I want to sing those fun, you know, drinking songs. But I also want to sing those emotional songs. I want to do both. I don't want to just be the girl who sings party songs or, or whatever. Um, I love emotion. I, lo <laughs> I don't love emotion. I love emotional songs. <laughs> right. I don't want to, I don't want to cry all the time. Um, but figuring that out was hard. You know, you have to do a lot of reflecting and 
it's easy to just sing bubbly, upbeat songs all the time. But the songs that I connect most with are the ones that have more an emotional side. So that's been fun to figure out. It's also been very difficult and I'm still figuring out, you know, we're releasing new music here in 2022 and it's like, okay, well, what's next? What do we want to do? I definitely want to take a more mature approach to things. Um, That's just who I am now, you know? And it's funny. I thought I was mature at 22, 21. I mean, I was for that age. Definitely changed, definitely different. Uh, But I'm excited to see uh, what's to come for the future and how fans react to things. And what about the performing side? Because I saw that in 2017, you had the chance to perform at CMA Fest. And I saw an interview from when you were there. And I believe you said it was like only your fourth time actually performing in front of people on stage. And so what was that experience like in that sort of setting of CMA Fest? And how much have you grown since then? It was so much fun. And that was... I was very nervous for it. It was, um, like I said, I just didn't perform in front of people because I didn't, I was scared from growing up. Yeah. And then, um, in college I did, or in high school, I did choirs and stuff in college. I did voice lessons and I took a couple classes where I had to sing, but it still, I would just get very overwhelmed. And I was like, it, it it wasn't fearful. It was just nerves that I was going to miss a note or be bad. And my um, perfectionist comes out, you know, when I sing, which I've had to deal with and, you know, nothing's ever going to be perfect. So I've had to deal with that. That's been a very tough lesson for me. Um, But yeah, CMA Fest was a lot of fun. I just recently went on tour with David Nail this fall and to see the difference um, just personally for me has been really rewarding. I'm like, man, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm singing on stage at first. I don't think I would even move. I think I just held the mic. It was like, yeah, you know what I mean? I, I felt like I was moving, but I really wasn't. And now I'm really, you know, cracking out of the shell. I'm moving around. I'm dancing. I'm singing. And when the audience is so loving and involved and knows the words to your song, I mean, it just amps you up. And that tour with David just made me realize, like, this is why I'm doing it. This is so much fun. This is what I want to do. I, I love the touring aspect. I love meeting new people and I hope I can continue to tour around and meet people. And um, even my friends and family back at home, I play at the Dusty Armadillo too in Ohio, which is a great um, venue and they're awesome. They let me play there. And every time I play there, my friends and family come out and they're like, it's just been really fun to see you grow and to see how far you've come. And that means a lot to me. That doesn't hurt my feelings because I want to keep growing. I want to keep getting better. You know, that means a lot. So, and talk about that playing at the dusty armadillo, because I know that sort of a bit of a iconic local venue back from where you're from. And so when you get the chance to play that, what does it mean to you in where you're headed in your career and the fact that you do get to play it? Yeah. Um, you don't just get to play the dusty armadillo. I, I, that's what I think. I don't think he, he doesn't just let anyone play there. He's very picky and a lot of great people go through there. So I got to play. And then I think Garth Brooks played really? Garth Brooks played before me, um, like the week before or something like that. And so oh, I got okay. on stage and I was like, Holy cow. Garth Brooks was just on this stage. Can we just take a minute? And so many other incredible artists, don't get me wrong, but like Garth Brooks was on this stage. You know, it's just, it's very cool. 
He does not have to let me, little old me, an independent artist, girl from Ohio chasing her dreams. He doesn't have to let me play there, but he does. And I'm extremely grateful for that experience. Um, every time I get to be on that stage, and it's a hometown show, you know yeah. what I mean? You family get to come out. And every time I'm on that stage, I'm having so much fun. It's, it's a blast. It's a very fun experience to play at the Dusty. And your debut EP, Blossom, was that also named after a local venue? It was. I named Blossom, or I thought of it um, because of the local venue in my hometown, uh, Akron, Ohio, called Blossom Music Center. It's huge. It's where I grew up going to see all my favorite artists perform. Every year, I guess since the pandemic, I used I see Zach Brown Band with my mom. It's our favorite thing we do. And it's a great venue, but it's my hometown. It's the reason why I'm here. I'm doing it. I, I get inspired by artists. Um, and it's a huge goal of mine to play there one day, of course, because it's my hometown venue. Uh, and it's, like I said, the reason I'm doing music. If I w- didn't grow up going to those concerts and being inspired by my favorite artists, I don't think I would be here, you know? So I did a little ode to Blossom Music Center and I think it fit the vibe and fit everything. But like I said, I like to kind of make everything sentimental and, right. um, that's kind of my little tie-in to Boston Music Center. And those are the hometown venues. And then you also have venues in Nashville, like the Listening Room. I know that's one over the last few years that you have played a lot. I think you had a regular spot. It, it seems like from your social media, oh, a bit yeah. of a regular spot playing there. And so what do venues like that mean in playing and being able to develop, but also the feeling of being a part of the industry in Nashville and feeling like you're moving forward. I love the listening room because you get to try new material out and it's a very intimate setting with just, you know, an acoustic guitar. And afterwards I get to talk to people and, you know, they come up to me and they're like, Hey, I really like that song. You should release it. Or you don't know what that song did to me. Did you, are you releasing that song? Can I send it to my daughter? Like all this stuff. It's just very cool. Very rewarding in the music industry, people can come out and see it. it's a very well-known place. If you're ever in Nashville and you want to go get some, go see some good music and um, get some good food in the listening room is a great brunch spot. I played the brunch uh, on Saturdays for a while with my friend, Alex Sire. Right. And um, it was just fun. You know, there's no money in it. it. It's just about getting your name out there and trying to meet people who come to Nashville. And the thing that I love about the listening room is that people go there to listen. They're listening to your songs. And that's a really good feeling. It's very refreshing, especially from being on the road where, you know, people are listening, having fun, but they're also drinking and, um, you know, having a good time, which I right. want to But this is just a different environment where you really get to know the people who are listening to your songs and get their feedback. It's pretty cool. And this day and age, you have the venues you can go play, but then you have social media where you can get a lot more eyeballs. Now, as an independent artist, is it a tricky balance of balancing that because of how important social media seems to have become for a country music career? It's so hard to balance. I mean, it's work. It's it's fun. I love I have a love-hate relationship with social media. Carissa personally, I don't like social media. I find myself comparing myself to others, which is not fun. We don't like yeah. that. You know what I mean? I think it can be pretty toxic, but artist Carissa Ella loves social media because it's such an opportunity for me 
to the, the exposure is incredible. I can reach people from all around the world. And even though I have to do Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok, and YouTube, and even more, even though it's, it's a lot and a lot of different platforms, I need to utilize every platform that I can. Each platform has different demographics. You never know who you're going to reach. You got to do it all. And that was tough for me at first, especially when TikTok came out. I had a relationship with that one too. I was like, because it was different. It wasn't just posting pictures or posting a singing video. It was more than that. And it was hard work. TikTok is not easy. I don't care what you say. It is tough. It's a lot of work, but it's very rewarding. And I have grown to really love TikTok because it actually lets me show my true personality rather than just posting pictures. It allows me to be goofy. And I think that fans really get a good sense of who I am through my TikToks. So it's a full-time job. It's crazy. But if you're an artist, you have to utilize every social media platform because we're just very, I, I think we're just very lucky to have it. You know, artists back in the day didn't get to have that. And now we have it. We got to utilize it and make the most of it. And you do have a business degree. Does that help? If you didn't have that coming into this career and just all the craziness that it entails being an independent artist, do you think you would be where you are right now or would it have overwhelmed you a long time ago? I think that's a very good question. I'm not quite sure. I feel like it definitely would have been overwhelming. I think being armed with this degree has prepared me for a lot of things I never saw coming, which is great. Uh, but I, I'm, I will be the first one to say you don't need to get a degree to do music. You just got to be smart. You got to read. You got to learn. You got to ask questions, you know? So I think a lot of it's just experience-based too. But for me personally, there have been a couple of scenarios where I'm very glad I had my degree. I had something uh, to look back on, notes, class notes, whatever it may be, or <laughs> things that I learned while being at Belmont that have been very beneficial for me in my degree. And you talked about growing as an artist and your music evolving. Now, since 2020, you've had three releases, Girls, Bad Summer, and Crack and Cold Ones. And those were more upbeat. All three of them were more upbeat songs. Now, at the end of February, you have Whiskey Whispers Your Name, which has, like you were mentioning, sort of, I feel, that more grown-up, more emotional tone to it. So do you feel that it is a different sound than you have offered to your fans in the past? I feel like it, like everything you said is very true. And that's kind of, that was my goal. I wanted it to have a more mature feel to it. And it still fits with the other songs, but it's just a bit different. And it's still emotional. On my EP Blossom, I had the song More Like Her that had some emotion to it. But this one, Whiskey Whispers Your Name, I'm very excited about it. It's coming out, yeah, at the end of February. It's, we have a cool music video for it too. Stay tuned. It's going to be fun. But it just has a different approach to things. You know, it, it's more emotional and it's about drinking and, you know, just more mature and kind of relating to a different audience. But I hope everyone can kind of relate to it. So. And how exciting is it, but also a little nerve wracking, maybe in you have the music that you have produced in the past, but you do want to grow as an artist. Do you have to sort of disconnect yourself and not worry about moving away from the sound that you had in the past and being able to evolve as an artist and not saying, oh, this doesn't sound like what I did in the past. Maybe the fans who didn't, who liked that won't like this. Do you have to sort of leave that in the background? It's 
hard. You have to disconnect from it because I, I got caught up in that actually. And I was like, well, what if they don't like this? And what if I'm doing the wrong thing even? What if I should stay in that lane and not do what I really want to do and evolve? Even though I like doing that kind of stuff, you know, it was tough. I didn't want to disappoint people. And I had a talk with my team and they're like, you know, if they are your fans, they'll they'll stay. And if they don't, you'll find new new fans that relate. I was like, that's so true. I think I need to be my most authentic self and release what I want to release and do what I want to do. And whoever follows along, thank you for being here. And if you don't like it, then, uh, you know, I hope I write another song that gets your attention. You can come back. But other than that, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not just, I'm doing it for me, but I'm also doing it for everyone else. And I want to be proud of my music. I want to be happy about it. And uh, this new song, Whiskey Whispers Your Name is kind of the beginning of it. Um, I love Bad Summer and Crack and Colwins too. Don't get me wrong. They're great. They're fun songs, but, um, this one's kind of just a different side. And the mental side of this industry, like you talk about the perfectionism, having to overcome that. You just talk about the issues of overcoming what people are going to think of your new music. As you go along and you overcome these mental hurdles, is there always another one straight ahead that you're going to have to overcome within this industry? The mental hurdles never stop. It's beautiful. It's lovely, but that's why we're here. And that's why we grow. And my most recent uh, mental hurdle was, is playing the guitar. I did not know how big of a mental game it is. For me personally, it has been very hard mentally. Um, And I know that's very probably confusing. However, to, I guess, elaborate more, just playing and singing at the same time you think is probably pretty easy. For me, it's not. I am focusing too much about on playing the right chords. And if it sounds okay, you know, I'm just in my head, I'm overthinking the whole thing. So I've had to overcome that or that if I miss a string or I or, or miss a note or something that it's the end of the world. And it's like, no, just keep playing. It's okay. So my guitar teacher, I work with Shane Lamb at Green Hills Guitar Center, and he has been an incredible help and he, helping me figure this out and sort out my mind. And he's just trying to calm it down. You know what I mean? Because it's so easy to get overwhelmed and get in, get in your head. And perfectionism has something that I've definitely dealt with. I just want everything to be perfect, not all the time and not with everything, but when it comes to music, for sure, for some odd reason, I got to figure that out. It's fun stuff, you know, but uh, music industry is uh, there's never a dull moment when it comes to the mental hurdles. And so with the perfectionism side of it, when you're producing with Alex, do you almost have to take a step away at the end of the process and let him guide it to a place where he's happy with it? Because maybe if you were leading that process, it would never get done because you would never be happy with it. Yeah, absolutely. I also think he has a little bit of this too. So he will spend a little too much time on something. But I think I would be the same way. So that's why I, I do. I have to step away once it's in his hands. We talk about things and bounce ideas off each other. But, um, you know, I, I, I trust him with the music and I always love what he comes back with. I'm like, yep, that, that sounds great. But for me, I would just sit there and nitpick all day and I can't do that. That's not good for me. Uh, you know, so I you got to surround yourself with people that you trust and that believe in you and that only want the best for you um, so that you can let go of those kind of things and put it on other people's plates for a minute. Yeah, exactly. And with all of the mental hurdles that you have to overcome and what this job entails, putting all that aside, 
How excited are you for where you are at at this moment and what the next year or two are going to hold for you? I am so excited. I cannot wait. I love, uh, we released, like you said, three songs last year. This year, I'm really aiming for four, three or four. Um, We'll see. I'm really hoping for that. We're going in the studio here in a couple of weeks. We've already been in the studio doing demos, trying to figure out, you know, what's next. And I've been writing a lot. Every time I get in the writing room, I'm so excited because I'm like, let's see, what what are we going to come up with today? And, you know, just the other day, I wrote a song um, with a couple of buddies of mine. And I was like, holy crap, like this is going to, this probably is going to make it. This is going to fit on what's coming. And, you know, I thought I had all the songs and now I'm like, well, no, I think I got to mix it up. So I'm going to continue to write um, until I can find the best songs that I think are going to be great for this year. It's, I'm very excited. I'm looking forward to it. I hope people like my new voice and um, kind of the road and going down, just, you know, adding more of an emotional side, adding more emotional songs. Like I said, I want to do both. So you'll, I always have those fun, upbeat, drinking songs. Um, but I also want to do the singing emotional songs too. So it's going to be a good mixture. It's going to be a great year. I'm very excited. And as far as your outlook as an artist, and I guess also on the business side, in the singles focused world that we are in, do you mind that world? Or are you more of the album world that you would like to release an album rather than releasing a single every couple of months? That's something that we've been fighting with, you know, it's because we are, we are in a singles world Mm -hmm. and it's, it's different. And I'm a little bit of the old and, and the new, but I understand that if I release a single, um, if I don't release a single and it goes on the album, then it could get lost. Right. So I need to look at these songs to be like, do I really, do I really believe in these songs? And if I do, then I'm going to release them as singles because I want people to hear them. I want to get the most out of them. I want to promote them. Um, that's the only bad thing with um, albums as an independent artist is that, you know, great songs can get lost. Right. And as of right now, I think we're going to focus more on the singles because I don't want that. I'm, I, you know, every song I put out is important right now, especially as an independent artist. So they got to be great. They got to be, you know, people got to like them and that's the goal hopefully, but yeah, it's just focusing more on the singles aspect over the album, which is hard because then you don't have CDs, but you can still clump them together. Um, So then you have to make these singles all kind of work together in some way. You know, they're not just like, we're going to throw this out there and throw this out there. No, that's going to be a kind of a cohesive project. So we are recording as if it's an album or anything. And then we'll release them accordingly. Or maybe we, we release a couple and then decide being like, boom, it's an album or it's an EP and release a couple more. So the sky is the limit. That is the fun game that we are playing in the music industry right now. And it's ever changing. Uh, but right now, yep, we're doing the singles. That, that's awesome. And one thing I wanted to ask you about before you go is, I believe it was November of last year, you had the chance to visit Red Rocks. Now, I wanted to ask you about that experience and what that was like. And I saw a picture. I think you were sitting sort of up in the stands looking out. And I was wondering if you're a person who visualizes things like when you're in that environment, are you visualizing yourself up on that stage and sort of trying to will that into existence as you're sitting there? You know, I am. (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was tearing up. I was like, that would be that would be pretty cool. If I ever, ever got that opportunity, you know, that's probably a while away. But if I ever got an opportunity to just be on that stage, holy cow, 
that would be incredible. I'd be like, I made it. I'm playing at Red Rocks. Holy cow. What? You know, that's, those were the emotions that I was just going through. I was kind of reliving it in my head. It was very cool. Um, for the Dave and Nail tour, we played up at Grizzly Rose, which is another very iconic venue in the music industry. It was so much fun. It was a packed crowd. Very lucky that I was able to be on that tour and have that experience. And, um, we had a free day. We went, um, my mom and I went driving around in the mountains and we just came across Red Rocks. Oh, really? Yes. And it was, I was like, we saw some signs and I was like, mom, Red Rocks. Like, can we go in? Like, I've always wanted to see it. We knew it was close by, but we were just following like this trail. And so we happened upon it and it was the best thing. It was so much fun. It was so cool to see it. I've, you know, dreamed about seeing it. And I know that's probably weird because it's, but it, for me, it's a music venue and yeah. that's stuff that I'm into. So I'm a nerd. I like it. I don't know. You know, I think about the places that I want to play and that would be cool. I'm a big manifester. I believe in all that stuff. I believe positives attract positives. So, you know, I was sitting there being like, this would be pretty cool. This would be cool. I, I, I think it'd be awesome to even catch a show there. So anyone who lives in the, uh, that area is very lucky. It's a beautiful view. Awesome. And another venue that you've had the chance to visit, I believe backstage at the Opry, you were able to see your friend perform there. Talk about that experience. And again, the emotions that are brought forward in a moment like that. The Opry is just, it's something special. That is, if I ever got the opportunity to step into the circle, that would be very cool, very special. And I, like I said, Red Rock should be, just would be awesome but the opry is like you know the opry pretty big deal especially you know country music um that's the ultimate goal and so being able to be backstage and see you know a friend perform I just I just was like man I really hope one day I can do this and if not I'm grateful for this experience and grateful that I get to come here and see all these incredible artists but I was backstage um she went on before gosh I think Dustin Lynch was there he came oh, up okay. walking beside me, like watching uh, my friend play. And I was like, Dustin Lynch is right beside me, no big deal. You know what I mean? I was like, my people, oh, this is awesome. It, it was great. The Opry is such an iconic place. Um, you can feel the history. You can feel how important it is and how valuable it is to people in country music, um, especially independent artists and well, everyone, to be honest. Fans come from all over to see that place. So... I think it would be an incredible opportunity to play there and maybe one day. Thank you once again so much for joining us and thank you to Carissa for stopping by and sharing her story. Be sure to check out all of her music wherever you stream your music and her new single on February 25th, Whiskey Whispers Your Name. Please also be sure to check out our website, countrymusicmademe.com. There you can listen to all of our episodes and you can also sign up for our newsletter to receive exclusive content straight to your inbox. Just head over to countrymusicmademe.com and hit that subscribe button. Thanks once again so much for listening and we will see you next time on Country Music Made Me.